0: Hello, welcome to Political Talk, the podcast where we want the truth, need the truth, and desperately seek the truth. For far too long, we've been led astray by news organizations that push their own agenda. The only agenda here is our agenda, the people's agenda. If you're tired of being told what to think, who to hate, then join me on this journey. Shall we begin? When I mess up, I ask for the benefit of the doubt. When my friends mess up, they ask for the benefit of the doubt. When celebrities mess up, they ask for the benefit of the doubt. But when politicians mess up, we are not willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Now we can look down the list of politicians who've had shortcomings and messed up. What's the first thing the media calls for? Their head, they need to go. And they make a story bigger than what it has to be. And they play it on this loop over and over and over and over again where it just consumes your mind when you watch the news and you start to buy into the hype that they were wrong. Gary Hart, Ted Kennedy, Congressman Weiner, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, we do not want to give these politicians the benefit of the doubt because we think what they did is wrong and they need to go. You look at Gary Hart and the other woman. You look at Congressman Weiner and the laptop. You look at Al Franken and what he did, groping women, why he took pictures. We didn't want to hear the story. We just saw that one bit and he needed to go. We didn't believe in the benefit of the doubt because he did not deserve the benefit of the doubt. But maybe if we sat down and we listened and we were willing to hear his side and not the side that was being painted to us, maybe he would still be in power today. But we live in this world where we put politicians on a pedestal. And and when they mess up, they've got to go. We look at Donald Trump. When he first came into office, he wanted to give the new president the benefit of the doubt. You wanted to give the new president a new administration, a new beginning, a benefit of the doubt. But he quickly peeled that away. He picked fights with the media, with the left, and he showed that the benefit of the doubt for him maybe should not be given. He showed where he lied, and he quickly tried to cover it up. He only talked to his base, and he didn't expand his surroundings. But he begged for the benefit of the doubt. His supporters said, we must give him the benefit of the doubt. People wanted to look the other way because they said, it's Donald Trump. We have to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's a businessman. He's not a politician. He deserves the benefit of the doubt. Think about that. We were told to give a man who ran for the highest office in the land the benefit of the doubt. It's almost like you apply for a job. You get it. You mess up. And then you say, well, you need to give me some leeway. Well, did you not read the job description when you took the job? Come on, when it came to the documents, Republicans wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. But when we really look at the document case when it comes to Trump, a whole year, they asked for the documents back and he thumbed his nose at the archives. They filed a subpoena and still nothing happened. It was only when the FBI came knocking at his door, that all of a sudden it become a big deal and he begged for the benefit of the doubt. When it came to Joe Biden and the document case, when the first one was found, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. When the second one was found, I said, wait a minute. When the third one, questions had to be answered. You see, They knew about it in November and the Republicans were saying, where's the transparency? Where's the transparency? This could have changed the election. I was quick to say, no, it would have not. If you think us finding out about Joe Biden's documents would have helped the Republicans out, you are so detached from what's going on in this country. I think the Republicans could have won in 2022 had they just did small things had they you know they were just showing us stuff but they had no solution but in their minds if we just knew the about the documents from this president it would have all been different no 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 it wouldn't have but now we look at a white house that wasn't honest And what are they asking? Now, they're asking for the benefit of the doubt. You look at the Attorney General, what did he do? He appointed a special counsel for Trump, but he did it for Biden too. You see, he was willing to give Biden the benefit of the doubt with the first one. But when you find more, the benefit of the doubt is gone. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to start looking at these politicians as people. They're no better than you and me. But if we continue to put them on pedestals, we get what we get. We get a Trump. We get a Biden not wanting to tell us something. The inconsistencies. You know, I look at Biden, and and when he spoke out about Trump in his documents, it makes you say, you did it too. So... What you said, maybe in a point, could be torn back to you. Now, when it comes to the document case, I say this. Republicans are playing it all wrong. They're trying to say, oh, the hypocrisy. Oh, you know, we hold Republicans to this standard, but we're not willing to hold uh, Democrats to the same standard. No. The way I would paint this, the way I would paint this, I think if I was a Republican, I would paint this that this goes into Biden's mind and it shows that he's quickly losing a step. How do you not know you had documents for six years? I think that's the way you play it and that's the way you win. But you have Republicans not looking at that. They're looking at the short term. You need to look long term. They see, they want to say, well, what Trump did wasn't as bad, but look what Biden did. They're playing it all wrong. They want you to give Trump the benefit of the doubt. They don't want you to look over there. Look here. You know, if I was a congressman and I was on the judicial or the oversight board, I would talk about it. Yes, Trump was wrong, and we need to look into it. But Biden is just as wrong for his documents, and we need to look into it. These both presidents should be held to account. And the guy who's holding the oversight, when I watched him on the Sunday show, he had nothing to say. Because Jake Tapper asked him, wonder Trump you said this. But now you're saying this. It's putting Republicans in a tight spot because they, they wanna go after Biden. They wanna go after him hard on the documents and I don't blame them, they should. The president deserves oversight, but you can't give him oversight if you were willing to give a pass to the last guy. It makes the process look bad. It plays into what people hate about politics, the hypocrisy. Because when your guy did it, you turned the other way and you blame the FBI and you blame the CIA and it was everybody's fault but Trump's. But when it comes to Biden, he's guilty. He he should be put in jail. Impeachment, let's impeach him. Why? Why? Do you know you need 67 votes in the Senate to impeach? a president or to remove a president what's the point of impeaching someone if you don't have the votes in the senate you're just wasting time what did they run on they ran on inflation the the border where is the legislation What we're going to investigate we're going to have these hearings okay uh, it's good to have hearings but don't you think if the if inflation was such a big deal, if the border was such a big deal, you would have had bills ready to go on day one? No, because they all they want, the Republicans want to do is investigate. They want to investigate the White House. They want oversight and they should. But then it plays into that point I'm trying to make is, did you ever really have a plan about inflation? or the border, or were you just, you know, was it all an illusion to tell the American people you had this was the problem, but you didn't actually have a solution? They'll beg for the benefit of the doubt. Ladies and gentlemen, do I think politicians deserve the benefit of doubt? Yes, I think they do. But I also think we need to hold them to their word. If you ran on one thing, I'm going to hold you to it. Where is the legislation for inflation, for the border? We can fix these issues. If you look at, in, in, in the, um, if you look at the border issue, what's happening? Republicans don't want to take a stand on it. They're pushing Title 42 and they want Biden to own it. They don't want to touch it. We have a Congress right now who has given their power all the way to the president on certain legislation because they don't want to touch the thorny issues. So when it comes to immigration, we rather point and say it's the president's fault, but we refuse to put legislation on the table. And when the president proposes something, then we can point fingers and say, it's a bad idea. It doesn't need to happen. Where is the legislation? You ran on inflation, you ran on the budget. (laughs) You ran on crime, you ran on the border. We can solve these issues, but it takes both parties to come together and talk. Right now, you you have a fractured caucus called the Republican Party. Right now, you have maybe a somewhat of a united United caucus called the Democratic Party. You've got moderates in the Republican Party that can work with the Democrats to get stuff done. But if we as a nation are being held hostage because the extreme of the right don't want it done, where is the legislation? You ran on something. You tell me you don't have it ready to go on day one. There's not one Congressman that has a bill to solve this inflation issue you told us all about. Not one Congressman to tell us about this crime issue you were ready to solve. Know why? Because when it comes to crime, crime's a local issue. It's not a, a federal issue. Now you can give money, you can do things around the edges to help solve crime, but crime is solved in the states, governors, state legislatures, not the Congress. But they play us like we're dumb. They play us like we're dumb, like we're stupid. Ladies and gentlemen, we are better than this. We are smart. Where is the legislation? you're gonna have a Republican party at the end of the two years say, well, give us the benefit of the doubt. If they don't put nothing meaningful on the table, if they go after impeachment, because that will prove one thing, that they never had a plan to solve the issues they told us about. Where is the legislation? Me and you could sit down tonight over beer and solve these nation's issues. And we could get it done in a night. But we have Congress, we pay them good wages. We pay them good wages. They make more money than I make. And then you, well, maybe you make more than me or make probably make about the same, I don't know. But we have Congress that just wants to investigate, who wants to talk, who wants to have hearings. What kind of hearing do you need for inflation? What kind of hearing do you need for crime? What kind of hearing do you need for the border? You should have had a plan on day one. If I was in Congress, I'd have a plan. Because while I was running, I would have a listening tour. Talk to the border agents. Come up with a bill. Talk to the teachers. Come up with a bill. Talk to the policemen and say, what do you want Congress to pass? But if you just want to talk, if you just want to go on Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, and sit in your box and point fingers at the other side and say the other side is not willing to work with you, what are we doing? We're not solving these nations' issues. We're just making them worse. We're continue to kick that fucking Campbell's can down the fucking road. Where is the legislation? <laughs> well, I'm sorry, it's been two years. Just give us the benefit of the doubt. All we need now is just the White House and the Senate. If you give us those, I know we we in the House, we didn't do anything. We just investigated. We just put messaging bills on the floor that we knew won't go anywhere. But if you just give us the other two branches of government, by God, we'll get something done. Just give us the benefit of the doubt. Ladies and gentlemen, see with your eyes, not with your ears. See what they do now. If I give you an inch, I want to see what you do with it. But if all you do is kicked shit around and you don't solve the problem, think about it. If someone gives you a room and says, "Before I allow you to uh, work on this whole house, I want to see what you do with this bathroom," and I'll be back and in, and in, and in, and 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 look. I want to say two years, but I'll be back in a week and a half to see what you do with the bathroom before I decide I want to hire you to fix uh, this whole house. So you, you leave. And now that person has this one space to fix something. He has to prove that if he fixes this. You should hire him to fix the whole house. You come back. And you look around and you say, okay, what did you do? Well, I did, oh, okay, but I gave you a week and a half to do something, and all I see is what I left you. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't keep being fooled. Both sides are guilty of it. 2023 needs to be the year that we wake up and demand more. Do politicians deserve the benefit of the doubt? Yes, they do. But the benefit of the doubt only goes so far. It only goes so far. Eventually, we need results. We need something. We get that you mess up. We get that you're human. We get that you're not, should not be on that pedestal. But at the same time, You told me about issues. You said if you just give me power, I will solve them. Yet we're just starting hearings. There's not legislation. We passed a couple messaging bills, but not one bill to solve inflation. Not one bill to solve crime. Not one bill to fix the education system in this country. Ladies and gentlemen, where is the fucking legislation? We can do better if we decide. But if we continue to just sit back and just listen them tell us the bullshit they're telling us and we refuse to look because we put blinders on, We're not blind, are you blind? What has Congress done but argue? We we see a speaker being held hostage. We're seeing a speaker who can't stretch his fucking wings because one half of the party is pulling him back and holding him back from doing what he needs to do. Now you might say, Mark, what are you talking about now? The debt ceiling. Blow it up. The debt ceiling. Blow it up. We have a party that would rather see this nation descend into chaos, this nation's credit rating go down because they believe in this belief that if we cut so much, that if we don't raise the debt ceiling, nothing will happen. The question is, you're not just playing with the people who didn't vote for you. You're also playing with your constituents. The stock market will collapse. People will lose their job. We don't know what happens if we jump over the cliff, but we shouldn't want to know. You tell us we're not going to negotiate. Okay, I can understand that, but the debt ceiling is basically bills that we are due to pay. Promises that we already made, not new spending, we could, you know, what's funny? In 2011, Obama passed the sequestration bill. He passed this big bill that basically capped everything, and it was supposed to basically, you know, cap spending, and and basically start to put us on the right path, but. Little do the Republicans want to talk about is they were the ones to push to overturn it in 2017. So here's a party that says we need to get our spending under control. But when we actually do something, when you have a Democratic president pass a bill that caps everything in government, you have a Republican Party who says, I don't like it we need to overturn it because it truly is not doing what it was supposed to do then that tells me that you were never serious about balancing the budget never serious about cuts i personally if i was joe biden you don't want to negotiate it but put sequa- sequestration back on the on the on the table You put cuts on the table. You want cuts, Kevin McCarthy? Here are your cuts across the border. That means the military. That means every fucking thing. The problem with the Republicans' mindset is this. You want to talk, you want to negotiate, but you don't realize that you have a Democratic Senate and you're going to put cuts on the table that maybe they can't stomach politics is about the the possible it's about compromise and you have a republican party who does not want to compromise now me personally i think we should just pass a clean debt ceiling i think it's stupid that we allow ourselves to get to this point every so often where you have one side saying, "Well, we need to cut." I don't, I'm not going to raise. I'm not going to push to raise the debt ceiling. Why? Your guy the, the the debt ceiling is stuff that your guy promised. The debt ceiling is stuff that Obama promised. The debt ceiling is stuff that Bush promised. The debt ceiling is stuff that Clinton promised. The debt ceiling is stuff that Bush and Reagan, Carter, Ford all promised but if we start to be in this bubble where we're only talking to ourselves and the media bubble that we're in is basically pumping us up and saying yeah 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 we're, we're doomed as a nation i would tell the speaker pass a clean budget a, a debt ceiling i know it's hard And he brings this analogy about the spending and if you had a T, okay, I get that. We do need to cut. But you also have to raise taxes. That's the one thing Republicans don't want to do. You just can't cut and think things will be better. You have to find revenue too. And that's the one thing they don't want to talk about. If I was president of the United States, I would tell Kevin McCarthy, you want to cut? okay we'll cut but i'll only do it on one occasion we raise the debt ceiling but we're gonna have to put some taxes on the table we can cut but it's got to be a mixture we just can't have it one way and if he says mr president i can't do that i can't get the votes then i'd say well mr speaker i'm sorry but i can't get the votes You you come to me and say you want to talk. You come to me and you say you want negotiation. You come to me and say you don't want to raise the debt ceiling. Well, Speaker, this is not a one-way street. You don't have the votes in the Senate for what you want to do. You have to come to the table but you have a party that wants to blow the system up. Let's just jump over the cliff and then figure it out as we go. Job losses, they say, recession. We don't know. We speculate. Your people could be out of a job. And then what, you blame Biden? He could be at fault, but you would just be at fault too. And the Republicans have to ask themselves, you already showed the nation for a week you couldn't figure out the speaker gavel. You couldn't get it right. Do you want to show them for another week or a couple weeks that you can't put your feelings beside and pass the a, a clean debt ceiling? You can smile all you want. You can tell your voters it's Biden's fault but you'll get some blame. Blame will be spread around, maybe more on Republicans, maybe more on on Biden. But if you truly know how, how government works, if you truly paid attention in civics class, you know that just because you got 218 votes in the House, you still need 60 in the Senate. And if you can't get It through the Senate. Then what are you doing? Because if you pass something and it goes to the Senate and then they kick it back or they pass their own debt ceiling and then it goes to conference, you have to negotiate. You can't go to the Democrats and say it's my way or the highway. It won't go anywhere. I think what the Republicans are doing, I think what the Democrats are doing is wrong. Just pass a clean debt ceiling, pass it clean, and then negotiate a package that truly solves this nation's issues. Pass another sequestration, cuts across the board. If you truly care about this nation's path, and if this is sustainable, Guess what? You pass it. But like I said, 2017, Republicans wanted to overturn it and repeal it because they saw it as something that was hurting causes in the government that they cared about. They cared more about military spending than discretionary spending because they don't care about their voters. It's all about this bloated military system that we have that we have to keep funding. I think you have to find cuts wherever you can. Do we need a strong military? Yes. But we also need to look at their their budget. Their budget should be on the table just as much as other discretionary spending that we have. Because there's no war going on. So then it begs the question is, who's getting rich in the Pentagon? Because tell me sequestration. Everything needs to be on the table. And I know that's unpopular for Joe Biden to want to do as a Democrat who's looking at running for re-election in 2024. It was just as unpopular for Biden, for Obama to do in 2011 when he was getting ready to run for re-election in 2012. But a strong president, a strong leader can do something like that and get reelected. It just takes leadership. And we need that from the president. We need a speaker to look at his party and say, I know this might cost me the gavel, but this is what we need to do. Leadership. That's all it is. That's all it takes. Pass a clean debt ceiling. Let's not blow up the nation because you believe that it benefits you. Because at the end of the day, it benefits no one. Ladies and gentlemen, we can do so much better in this country if we just had leadership. And somewhere along the line, leadership fell by the wayside. Please, please, let's get back there. Let's get back to the place where we can talk to each other, where we can solve these issues, the debt selling, crime, inflation. But if we refuse to show the leadership that I know we have, you know, politicians come into politics with good intentions. They want to solve issues that this country faces. But somewhere along the line, something changes. The bright lights of D.C., the cameras, the press, it becomes too much. And what they wanted to do for this country, for their constituents, goes out the window. It takes leadership. Being a politician who wants to buck your party, it takes leadership. Liz Cheney, John McCain, leadership. You know, that's a hard word for some people because they want to be liked. They don't want. The bad press, they want good press. They just want to keep their heads down and keep doing their jobs. Sometimes, sometimes doing what's right means more than a job, than a paycheck. Sometimes doing what's right hurts. But it shows leadership, Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, Hakeem Jeffries, and Kevin McCarthy at this moment have to show leadership, have to be willing to put aside what difference they have and do what's right for this country. Leadership right now. Not tomorrow, not next week, now, because if you don't show leadership, we're already at the debt ceiling. You've got people who wanna let us go over the cliff, who say, fuck it, let's burn this motherfucker down. But ladies and gentlemen, the leadership that we have in Congress can actually show leadership. Buck their party and do what's right. Screw them. Let's do what's right for the American people. I give two shits if you're a Democrat. I give two shits if you're a Republican or an Independent. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, let's show leadership. Because if we don't show leadership at this moment, at this time, we are doomed to fail. This country... You know, I, I I just read a story that there are certain people, are certain countries, who are stacking gold. Maybe they're seeing something that America' word can't be trusted anymore. They're thinking about leaving the currency. Think about that. America used to be a nation where our word meant something and people trusted it. Now they look at us as we're some banana republic that we can't get our acts straight because we've allowed the fringes of both parties to put us in this position. Let the debt ceiling just go up. Ladies and gentlemen, we need leadership now. We need to show the world that America means what it says and says what it means. That we are solvent. You know, I, I, I look at this debt ceiling crisis and it happens every year or every few years or every few months. I say we need to just get rid of it. Some people say we need to just raise the debt ceiling to a number that we will never reach. I say we need to pass legislation when we give the power of the debt ceiling to the Treasury Secretary. But when we give her that power, we force her to have to go to Congress and say she is going to raise the debt ceiling. Because why do we keep having to have these fights? so people can grandstand, so people can go on Twitter, so people can go on Fox and MSNBC and say, look at me? Why? You don't want to take votes on immigration. You don't want to take votes that solve the nation's current issues. But when it comes to the debt ceiling, everybody wants to raise and have have a voice. The voice I say should be one of just pass a clean fucking debt ceiling. Give the power to the Treasury Secretary and then force her to go to Congress and tell her, tell them that, hey, I had to raise the debt ceiling and then have her face on an ass-chewing because it's all for show. Think about it. It's all for show. We've got people in Congress who are showmen. Who are show horses? And the question I would say when did they stop becoming work horses? Ladies and gentlemen, this is a new year, a new time. But if we continue to go down this path where we've been before and before, what are we actually solving? if we take the hands of the debt ceiling out and put it in the Treasury Secretary's hands. Is that bad? She's already right now having to shift money around because Congress can't get its act straight. There used to be a time where Congress would pass a clean debt ceiling. There used to be a time where Congress would actually confirm a new president. But we don't live in that time anymore. We live in a time where we've let the con- we've let the conspiracy theorists in this country tell us how to run this country. And we've bought into the conspiracies. Facts don't matter anymore. They be damned. But if we had a president, if we had a speaker, if we had a minority leader, if we had a minority leader in the house, say, no, no, facts do matter. They matter to me, they matter to you. That's a conspiracy that's not built in facts. But we have a party that needs those conspiracy theorists because they need their dollars. They need their votes. So they they feed those conspiracy theorists. Instead of feeding them the facts, instead of feeding them the truths, the conspiracy theorists are feeding the politicians and feeding the fringes of both parties. I'm a firm believer that facts matter in this country. And if we allow ourselves to allow facts not to matter, we will become that banana republic. You know, Rome fell from within. And I fear to myself, if America is on the verge of becoming another Rome, facts matter. We need leadership. We need leadership. And if we can't get leadership today, when can we get it? The president, the speaker, The leadership in Congress needs to sit down. You know, I used to say to myself, if I was president, I would sit down with the opposite party. Can you imagine if when Obama came in office, if when Trump came in office, when Biden came in office, they sat down with the opposite party and say, what can we get done together? What legislation can we pass that is good for this country? But we got the opposite. We got part, we got we got presidents who passed or pushed legislation that was good for their party, not the country. I might be a Republican, but you might be a Democrat. But the legislation that I like, you might not like. But if we take legislation that me and you both like, and we put it on the floor to pass it, shouldn't that be what matters in this country? We need leadership. And we haven't gotten it. And the question I ask is, when will we get it? We've allowed the conspiracy theorists to feed us instead of being the other way around. We need to be feeding the conspiracy theorists. We need to be feeding them facts. We need to tell the fringes of our party to sit down, shut up, and listen. Because we will not take this anymore. Facts still matter in this country. If you don't believe it, you don't... Ladies and gentlemen, facts matter. There's a story I want to talk about. There was a politician in New Mexico who ran in a heavily Democratic state seat. He ended up losing his election, but he bought into this conspiracy theorist thing about the stolen election that our last president pushed. And he didn't buy the fact that him being a Republican running in a majorly, majority, excuse my to say the word right, Democratic district that he could lose, and so when he lost the election, he said uh, it had to be stolen, because he looked at historical trends that said Republicans should have a good year, but true, but also you're running in a state seat that is predominantly Democratic. So even though Republicans should have a good year, as history tells us, you're still in a seat that is held by Democrats. So it would not be a surprise to me or you that he would lose that race. For him to have the balls to run, I applaud him in a seat that he never had a chance in. But for him to do what he did to push this conspiracy that the election was stolen, and then he authorized a drive-by shooting on Democrat Democratic leadership in the state of New Mexico, it plays into this mindset where people start to believe this myth that the last president put out, the stolen election. Well, there's no way I lost because the election was stolen. You know, as a person who's lost things in my life, does it hurt to lose? Yes, but I've never bought into this theory that I didn't lose, it was robbed from. me. The moment we go down that path as a country, we have lost. Now, for a member who wants to become a public servant to authorize a shooting, To say I have to kill these members. Or hurt their families. It's almost like you're trying to scare them. And the question is. So you scare them. Then what? Are you saying that they're going to go in and redo the election? I say to both parties. There used to be a time where. The loser of an election would accept defeat, give a gracious speech, and move on. Did it suck when you had to go there, your wife, your kids, and say, we lost, but we ran a good race, I called so-and-so and congratulated him? Yes, I'm sure it did hurt, but that's what it's all about. Being a gracious loser as well as being a gracious winner. Losing sucks, I know it sucks because I've been there. But at that moment when a candidate loses, you see something about it. How do you handle adversity? Losing takes that. But if you can't handle adversity and you act like a two-year-old who throws a major fit, why should I elect you in four years? I look at Carrie Lake, I look at the uh, the other guy who uh, ran for state attorney general in Arizona, and they're pushing this, like I said, this lie, the election was stolen, I'm their rightful governor, I'm their rightful attorney general, it should be mine, it should be mine. You lost your race. You're right. We don't know which way Arizona is going. Is it a blue state? Is it a, is it a purple state? We don't know. But guess what? you ran a 2020 election on a 20 uh, 22 to uh, you ran a race in 2022 on a 2020 platform so for you now to cry that you're the rightful governor that you're the rightful attorney general and that the person who currently has the office shouldn't be there it makes you look like a sore loser so to think that Carrie Lake Had she played it differently in four years, possibly could have challenged Katie Hobbs and became the governor. But she has put such a stinker, a sour taste in people's mouths that now people are questioning why should I even elect you? It's like you hurt your chances in four years. Because honestly, if you're running and you lose, you just wait. And then you point out the failures of the other person. You know, the funny thing is then I saw this state legislator person who cried out that she didn't like the budget, so I didn't like the budget, but Katie Hobbs stole the election. Guess what? That's what happens when you would elect, you know, the opposite party to rule as a, a the governorship. You never are going to like her budget. But you have to work with her. But just because you don't like her budget, the election was stolen. Just because you hate that you lost the election, you call for a drive-by. People are starting to believe their own hype. We have a president that put us in this new world where Facts don't matter. And if we say something long enough, people will buy into it and start believing it. They won't question what we're saying. They won't demand proof. Just listen to my word. I won. It was stolen. You have to believe me. What kind of world is that? I went to the gas station. I told the clerk I won the lottery. I said, you have to believe me. She wanted proof. No, why? Because facts matter. Was I going to go authorize a, a drive-by shooting at the gas station because they wouldn't give me the money that I felt I owed? I mean, I told everybody. You know, you read a story like that, Kennedy, and it's eye-opening. I remember when I was a little kid, I loved election night. I love looking at it. I love seeing the returns coming. You see how it plays. You see who loses, you see who wins. Losers stand up with their family and they say, I lost, but we ran a good race. And you agree, he did run a good race, but the other person ran it better. Does it suck? Yes. But you learn something in that moment in defeat. You learn who you are. You learn what you're made of. You show a stiff upper lip and you brace and you give courage to your supporters at that moment because they need it. And you say, we lost, does it suck? Yes, but we have to accept the facts. There are, they are our Congress, our state congressmen. They are our president. They are our governor. But if we refuse to not accept the facts and we refuse to play into this conspiracy <laughs> mumbo jumbo, we're only setting ourselves up for failure. And the one thing I've always said and I truly believe if one party does it, don't come bitching when the other side starts to use your same rhetoric against you. Well, the election was stolen. There's no way I could have lost. The election was stolen. Wait a minute. Oh, 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 yeah. See, if the Republicans say today, don't cry when the Democrats throw it on you tomorrow. That's the problem that politicians don't get. And that's the problem that the Oversight Committee, I'm seeing, is going to have a problem with. Because they allowed Trump to do a lot of shit. They did. They turned their eyes. They, they, they allowed him to do a lot of shit. And so my theory has always been this. When you give more power to one president, the next president is just going to use the power that the last guy has, and he's going to follow his playbook. And when you get mad and you stomp your feet and you say, well, he's not giving us what we want, the press will say, well, when Trump did it, he said nothing. You turn you a blind eye. And then you'll see them backpedal because they know they are wrong and, the, and that journalist was right. But they hope that America has a short memory. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not dumb. Don't let them play us for an idiot, for a fool. Don't. You know the big story going on right now in politics? It's not a big story, but it's a story that is simmering. And the Republicans don't know how to handle it. They can't get rid of the problem because they don't have enough members in their caucus. They need this member's vote, but they're hearing the backlash. When the New York delegation calls for him to be removed, Because, think about it, here's a guy that ran for office, and he ran on lies. He wanted this job so much that he lied to get it. And now every day, it's like a drip, 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 drop story of what he said that is not true. He stole money from a dog. He dressed up as a drag queen. His mom was involved in September 11. He comes from Jewish heritage. All lies not true. You know, I've wanted a job before. And the question I would always, I could ask myself, how far would you lie to get said job? How far would you go to get said job? Some of us would go, far, way, way far, as we're seeing with George Santos. But I, I would tell the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts. And maybe he felt like he had to put on this persona. Maybe he felt like he had to lie to get this job. The question now is, did the Republican leadership know about his lies Why he was running, and just chose to look the other way. Well, we're never going to know that, because if we do, that's going to make them look bad. But I think what makes them look bad now and, and shows that they have a weak spine is that they're rallying around this guy, and they're not actively questioning or maybe pushing him to leave. Now, it is a Biden district that Biden won But from what I've read and heard, the district shifted where it's become more predominantly Republican. And that is what allowed George Santos to win the race. So the question I would say is, why not kick him out of Congress and just risk, you know, if you know it's a Republican district, allow another Republican to take the seat. You know, then there's a question you have to say to the voters who are all upset and pissed off. You can't blame nobody but yourself because you didn't do your deal di- di- you didn't do your due diligence. You didn't research. You just voted based on party line. Straight D, straight R. So you get what you get. Now, is it the voter's fault? Yes and no. But it's more his fault for lying and not telling the truth. But the voters can't be mad because you didn't do your research. You know, I heard one guy say all politicians lie in his district. All politicians lie. So he said he shouldn't go. And I thought about it. I said, Mark, "Mark, do you think he should go? And I said, you know, I think what he did was wrong. I think his lies were big, kind of like a big fish. But I don't think he should leave. I think he ran a race. He presented himself in a way that maybe wasn't honorable. But he won. And I think for the voters now to get upset, or for the people now to get upset, I would say, well, did you do your research? Did you study him? Did you research things that are clearly holes about, I think it was $700,000 that he lent his campaign when the other year he was broke? Did you read stories that the local paper was telling about him? Or did you not choose to search out those facts and you just took his word for truth? So we can beat up George Santos all we want. We can say, you know, this guy was wrong for taking this seat. He presented himself in a way where he's not. But we have to take some blame for ourselves. Now, I would say, I don't think he should go. I might not like it that he lied. But know how you solve that problem? In two years. In two years when he's up for office again, he's either going to do the right thing then and not run for re-election, or he's going to run for re-election and hope that the district has a forgets about all the controversy about his lies. I like to think that in two years he's going to not run for re-election because he's going to know that if he runs, the person he runs against is just going to either he's going to face a tough primary or if he makes it to the general, he's going to face a very tough general election. The guy got elected fair and square. We might, not, we might not like it, but we have to take some blame on our own. We didn't do the research. Maybe this will be a sign that we wake up that we actually look at the people that we're voting for. We actually research them. We actually go and listen to them. We actually see what they stand and what people are saying about them that endorses them. I think the leadership needs to have transparency on the investigation that's going on in the House with George Santos so we can see that they're actually holding to their word and they're not trying to protect him. That's a tough order because you don't have the you you have just enough votes. Just enough votes. And so you need Santos more than you want to need him. But guess what you need him. And I understand Kevin McCarthy. I'd feel if I was in his shoes, if you were in his shoes, you probably would be doing the same thing too. You would be rallying around him. You would protect him. You would probably have a sham a sham of an investigation on him because you don't want a true investigation because you need him in the Congress. So ladies and gentlemen, before I leave off this subject, I have one thing to say. Do your due diligence now. Research the people that are running for public office. Do not be swayed. Do not take their words as a gospel. People lie. Politicians lie. Like the one guy in his district said. He's in there. Let him serve out his time. But in two years, kick him out if you choose. But if he wins re-election, you only have yourself to blame. Not the media. Not Donald Trump. You. And not Santos. You. He's a guy that wanted a job, who did everything he needed to do to get it. So we can either applaud him for that or we can crucify him for that. I look at him and say, eh, it's a mixture. Ladies and gentlemen, facts matter. Benefit of the doubt, we must give it. Politicians are no better than you and me. When we, when we mess up, we ask for the benefit of the doubt. We say I was wrong and I can do better. Trump asked for the benefit of the doubt. We gave it to him to a point, but he messed up. This president has asked for the benefit of the doubt. We gave it to him till he messed up. Politicians are no better than you and me, but we put them on pedestals. We have to stop that. They are just human beings. Controversy, the debt ceiling, we need leadership. We've hit the debt ceiling. The treasury secretary is moving stuff around. At this moment, Kevin McCarthy, Joe Biden have to show leadership. sequestration Republicans don't like it because it cuts the military. But we need cuts across the board to truly save this country and put us back in the black. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Have a good night. It is so great to be here. Leadership.